We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. I was doing my studying, and I encountered a story in Joshua. Joshua chapter 3. Give you a little background of what's taking place in Joshua chapter 3. Moses led the children of Israel out of slavery in Egypt. They were captive. They were slaves, hard labor. God had promised to take them into a promised land. A land flowing with milk and honey. A a land flowing with abundant resources. A land that would be a land of their dreams. A place that they could pursue with passion and vigor. Where they could establish their families. Establish generations to come. God said he was giving it to them perpetually for, for generations to come. And so as they were going into the wilderness to cross over on this 11-day journey, unbelief held them captive. They were captives of slaves of Egypt. But as they were getting ready to go into the promised land, they became captive of their minds, captive of their self-doubt, captive of their fears. And so as time goes by, Moses dies and the children of Israel are still in the wilderness. And a whole generation passes, a whole generation dies in the wilderness. And now there's this new generation that has been born that have known nothing but wilderness. That have known nothing but hopes and dreams that have been dashed with the memories of their ancestors. But there's a new leader, Joshua. Joshua's taken over from where Moses left off. And now after 40 years, they're sitting right outside of the land of promise. They're right there where the promised land is. He's got the entire nation of Israel with him. They only have one task to do. Cross the Jordan River. There's a hurdle ahead of them. So they're right outside the Jordan River. They're looking at it right now. They get to take Jericho, the first city. You guys remember that story? Joshua fought the battle of Jericho. This is where they're at. Right before encountering the fight at Jericho, the first city in the land of promise, anticipation is high. They're about to begin and enter into a bright future. You can just hear everybody talking about it. Hey, we're almost there, guys. I heard Joshua's going to come and he's going to cast some vision. What's going to happen when we get to the promised land? Where are we going? Where's the Lord leading us? And that's where we pick up the story. Beginning in Joshua 3, chapter 1. It says, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left 
acacia grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River where they had encamped before crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priesthood carrying the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark of the Covenant is where the presence of God was. This is where the Ten Commandments set inside this chest and God's presence rested his glory on this Ark. They would always know that God's presence was with them as long as the Ark of the Covenant was with them. He says, carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them. Keep a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then he tells them this. Then Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. He tells them, listen, you're a new generation. You've not passed this way before. So your people already gone through the Red Sea. They had already fought kings and lands throughout the wilderness. They saw God's victorious hand getting them through Egypt. And like to say for some of you guys in here, some of you guys weren't there in the early inception of this church. When this was just a dream on a piece of paper. When a bright-eyed, bushy-tailed young man entered a city where he knew no one and started talking to people about this vision of this church that would passionately follow Jesus, where people would love across boundaries, where it would look like the kingdom of heaven, with people from every kindred, tribe, and tongue, with Democrats and Republicans, old, young, black, white, would gather together and love across boundaries, a church where they would go beyond the four walls and make a tangible difference in our community, region, world. When it was just a dream. Some of you guys already walked in while we're, we're here today. And he's like, listen, some of you guys haven't experienced the past, so I need you guys to see the priests ahead of you, and I need you to follow them. But not only that, I want you guys to purify yourselves clear out all those impurities that are on you. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves ready for the miracle that God is about to do. And I believe God is telling us in this house today that we've got to purify ourselves too. Purify ourselves from that sin that so easily throws us off. Purify ourselves from the self-doubt that so easily keeps us captive. Purify ourselves from, from all the negative thoughts that weigh us down. Get the gunk off that keeps us stuck. All of our limiting beliefs, all of our experiences, all of our past fears, it's time to purify ourselves of that. And point number one, we must be willing to let go of what we think is impossible and take hold of a new possible. We've got to take hold of a new possible. Taking hold is what faith is made of. Grasping the reality in your heart. 
having a belief that's so strong that every fiber of you knows, even beyond seeing the reality of it, that you've seen the promised land in your heart. And you're going to pursue it. The promised land of your relationship getting better. The promised land of that business finally getting off the ground. The promised land of your broken relationship with God that you've just been wrestling and you don't understand how you're not hearing from him. Believing that God is getting ready to do a new thing in your relationship with him and taking you to deeper depths and higher heights where you can know him and hear from him personally. We must be willing to let go of what we think is impossible and take hold of a new possible. Verse 13. says, the priests will carry the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth. And as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream. And the river will stand up like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan. And the priests who were carrying the ark of the covenant went ahead of them. But listen to this. It was harvest season, and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. Could you just imagine the murmuring that's taking place right now? Listen, I understand that our ancestors, our people crossed the Red Sea, but I ain't hear about the Red Sea overflowing. Like, have you seen how far the water is up? You know how deep it is right now? Can, can we really get through this thing? Is God really going to do what he says he's going to do? This seems impossible, guys. I mean, I understand we're supposed to uh, follow the priests, and when they step in the water, the waters are going to part. But I don't know, guys. This seems a little bit too audacious. This seems a little bit too presumptuous, guys. I, I think this situation is too big. I don't know if, if I'm going to be able to graduate this year. It seems a little bit too big, God. I don't know if my marriage is worth fixing at this point. It feels a little bit too big, God. I don't think they appreciate me enough at work. I may just have to jump ship and go do something else. I don't know, God. This seems a little bit too big. I know this endeavor that I'm trying to pursue, God, it just, it seems like the world is against me. It's a little bit too much, God. It seems to be overflowing, God. I can't get in there, God. If you're Jose and Lewis, you would like, I can't swim. <laughs> Plain out and simple, you can't maybe get into that water. I can't swim. You know, I remember my sons, as they're growing up, they do this thing where they get up on a counter and then they jump on me. Daddy, daddy, catch me. Daddy, daddy, catch me. But here's the crazy thing. The younger they are, the more brave they are. But after they've realized disappointment, after they've realized the reality of the gravitational pull that goes quick, when they realize that sometimes dad's on the phone when they're talking to him, they're unsure if they jump off of this table if dad is really going to catch them. But here's the funny thing, is they get so scared when they're ready to jump. And I'm like, go ahead, daddy will catch you. 
And then I do something really crazy as a parent. Don't judge me. When I finally get them up there, I'm holding them close. And when they're finally up there, I start backing up. I'll be here. I'll be here. I'll be here. You, you can jump. But, Daddy, you're going too far. It's okay. I'm just showing you that I'm, I've got the ability to catch you. I just want you to jump. I want you to trust me. And they're so afraid to jump. But something happens when they muster enough faith. And their eyes squint. And their body tenses up. And they jump. And daddy's there to catch them. All of a sudden, they're like, can we do it again? Can we do it again? And listen to this. Point number two. Understanding the risk is not a curse, but an opportunity to see God's faithfulness. Understand that risk is not a curse, but an opportunity to see God's faithfulness. How many believe if you don't take a risk, you don't know that God will be there to catch you when you jump? Where is God telling you to take a leap? In 2020, where is God telling you to jump? Verse 15. It says, but as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point began backing up a great distance, away at a town. Excuse me. Oh, gosh. I burped in the mic. Excuse me. I told you this was a hard fast, y'all. My brother got nothing but gas in here. Man, that just ruined the moment. Jesus. The water above that point. Listen, we don't take ourselves too seriously. We take God seriously, but we don't take ourselves too seriously. We like to have fun at Relevant Church. It says, the water above that point began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed onto the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people cross over near the town of Jericho. Verse 17. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the ark of the Lord's covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation, hundreds and thousands of people, had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. God's miracles met them where their faith led them. God's miracles met them where their faith led them. Point number three, if you're following along, you must move from where you are to where God has taken you. You got to move. To realize a new possible in your life, you got to be willing to let go of what we think is impossible and take hold of a new possible. You have to understand that risk is not a curse, but an opportunity to see God's faithfulness. Point number three, you must move from where you are 
to where God is taking you. What do we say around Relevant Church? You can't stay where you are and go with God. You can't stay where you are and go with God. I remember a story of a guy who met me one day in the lobby. And he was so excited about what God was doing inside of him. And he said this, man, I'm just, I'm just so excited to be here. I love Relevant Church. I love what God is doing here. I believe God is calling me to mission. God is calling me to be a part of the dream team. I believe God uh, really wants me to serve and plug in. And, man, I love this place, and I love you, and you're such an awesome pastor, and I love the way you preach, and I love the way you talk, and I love your family, and I love everybody here at Relevant Church. I just want to serve. Pastor, tell me what I got to do. I just want to serve. I want to serve. I'm all in. I'm all in. I just want to do it. Tell me what I got to do. Can I serve? Can I serve? the church. I, I just want to serve. I believe God is calling me to this house. I just want to serve. Man, I was fired up. I was like, I need about 30 more of you. And I was like, you know what? I know the perfect place for you. See, our re-kids area is our most important room in this house. And one thing that we want our re-kids to be is protected. And at that time, we were on that split level, so our auditorium was on the, on the ground floor. Re-Kids was all the way on the third floor and the fourth floor, essentially from the ground floor. And I said, listen, I want you to serve as part of the safety team for our kids. Oh. I mean, uh, kids? Yeah, you're excited about God's, God's moving inside of you. You want to serve, right? <sighs> Pastor, I, I don't think God has called me to be a bodyguard for children. If you want to experience a new possible in your life, you must move from where you are to where God has taken you. Here, listen, don't ask God to lead you unless you're willing to move your feet. God's divine favor met the children of Israel where their faith was. And here's the deal. To experience a new possible divine favor has to meet human faith. And God's favor has met us over the last four years. But God is calling us to a new possible. I believe God has laid on my heart what he's calling, or what I'm calling, or what we're calling, a four-by-four four vision. Four items I believe God wants us to accomplish over the next four years. But here's the deal. God's calling us to radically pursue them this year. 2020 is the year where everything changes. Y'all want to hear what's coming up? I believe that over the next four years, God wants us to pursue a couple of things. Few things, four by four. This is our four by four vision. Number one, God... I believe it's impressing on our hearts to build up our online presence. 
new website, video streaming, an app to come forth. And you guys see that and like, man, that's simple. Why, why, why would you make such a big deal about that? Here's the deal. Because in these last few years, over 18,000 people have downloaded our sermons. We've had thousands upon thousands of people go through our websites and listen to our messages on our website. By the way, when I say download our sermons, that means through podcasting. That's not the thousands who've listened on our website. Come on now. We've received messages from out of the country and saying, listen, what you guys are doing there is inspiring us and has given us a life with what you're doing. Pastor John Heron, what he didn't know is I was watching him for the last four years. What I didn't know, he was watching us for the last four years. And when we met a few months ago, he says, Miss, listen, I've been following your social media presence. And listen, you guys are killing it. And I'm saying, listen, we ain't even scratched the surface, bruh. We got more to come because there's a new possible ahead of us. So we want a new app that's going to allow people to give, sign up to serve, see upcoming events, alert. Listen, we live in Michigan. We don't know where and, and Indiana. We don't know when the weather shifts on us. We want to be able to give alerts to people in time. Number two, so number one will be new website, video streaming, more aligned partnership with Relevant Riverside. As you know, Pastor Jonathan, that's my pastor. We've been in relationship with them for years, for the last four years. And I believe that every time we hang out, every time we connect, God is doing something there. So I believe that in order to increase the capacity on both houses, God is creating some sort of fusion that's going to come about between Relevant Riverside and Relevant Niles. We've, we've been talking details, and I believe that something beautiful is going to take place. What is this going to look like? Increased capacity in both houses, sharing some resources, but also sharing human resources. Some of our leaders are going to head to Riverside. Some of their leaders are going to head to Niles. And we're going to look at how we can both strategically align both houses so that we can pursue more and gain more ground over the next four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, two decades, three decades, because we are in this thing for the long run. And guess what? We are better together. We are better together. This is one I'm really super excited for. A strategic partnership with Thrive Rescue and the Justice School. As you guys know, every year we have Pastor Jeremy Krause come out here and teach and share vision about what God is doing about Thrive Rescue. Now, if you don't know anything about Thrive Rescue is uh, Pastor Jeremy Krause uh, a few years ago founded what's called Thrive Rescue. It's, it's a national organization to combat human trafficking. They've created houses all over Thailand to rescue children, especially who've been rescued from child trafficking. I mean, some of these are as young as two years old. And what they've done is created what's called the Justice School to help people combat uh, child trafficking in, and human trafficking in their local communities and in their local region. 
And hundreds and hundreds of students have gone through the justice school. And as I was in Riverside, we were talking, and we've been talking about collaborating for so long. And we said, what would it look like for relevant Niles to be the main hub for training for the justice school? If that don't fire you up and excited, some, we need to breathe some life in y'all dead bones. Listen, we're getting the opportunity to raise up people who are going to go all over the world and combat human and eradicate human trafficking. Do you understand what that means? That also means people from all over the world are going to be descending on little southwest Michigan, northern Indiana. And what does that mean for our church? We get to participate in mission trips. We get to establish more houses. In fact, they've just opened a new Thrive in, in, in Mexico. They're in um, Chile now. And so we've got places where we can go travel and do mission work and invest not only in our community, our region, but also our world. Come on now, guys. And last... And definitely not least, I believe God is calling us to radically, relentlessly pursue a permanent home for Relevant Church. Listen, a permanent home will be a blessing to not only this house, but I believe a permanent home will be a blessing to our community. It'll be a space that we are able to invest and serve our community all the more. We can have a ministry hub that goes and impacts the region around us and not only just have a local impact, but have a regional impact. Expand our ability to be ourselves, y'all. Listen, we are so grateful for Niles Philadelphia allowing us to be in this house. We honor them. In fact, right now, come on, let's give an ovation of, of thanks to Niles Philadelphia for opening up their house for us. But here's the reality. Have you ever been in somebody's house and you don't want to touch too many things and you don't want to break nothing? And you're constantly tiptoeing around and you can't be yourself and you can't do certain things because you don't want to disturb the peace in the house that you're in. What would it look like for Relevant Church to have our own space where we can get as crazy and as reckless and as wild and as radical as I know Relevant Church is? Listen, I think for you personally, having a permanent home for Relevant Church can impact you incredibly. Impact your house incredibly. Seeing our own home, we'll have endless opportunities. So I got something to share with you guys. Everybody else who walked out in the middle of the message, they about to miss out. No, they had stuff to do. They were busy. I'm just joking, guys. Not really. Um, for over the last year, over a year, we've been looking for a home. We've been looking for a home. 
We found nothing in the city. And we knew that our lease, we are on borrowed time in this house. Their grace has been sufficient. But they're not God, and their grace may come to a place where it ends. And so literally, our lease is up in March. And I've already been negotiating and trying to extend it a few more months. So here's the reality. We can't stay here. You know, I had somebody like, man, this, this church is so nice, so beautiful. I'm like, you realize it's not ours. Don't get too comfortable. So over here, we've looked and tried to find a place suitable to call home. We've thought about going back to the schools. We've thought about, you know, partnering with another church and, you know, maybe moving our, our services to a different time. But six months ago, thankful to Lewis and Danae looking for a venue for marriage, they in love, y'all. I got a phone call that said, hey, I need you to come and check out this place. I said, I've been in that place before. And I'm going to tell you a little bit more a little later. I'm going to tell you why this place is so special. But six months ago, we found a place. And over six months, we started just talking and praying. And our staff team, every Wednesday, fasted and prayed and said, God, if this is for us, let it be for us. Our all-in night team, all of our leaders, I see Dana over there shaking head because she knows we prayed. We've prayed and we said, God, if this is for us, let us receive this. So over the last six months, we've been negotiating, negotiating, talking, going back and forth, going back and forth. A month ago, I got the lease. Come on now. A month ago, I got the lease. One week ago, I had a meeting that could only be described as divine favor. The owner of this facility is as dedicated to relevant church as we are as dedicated to being a place of hope and restoration and a place where, that proclaims that Jesus is relevant in this region. Got the final draft in my email. Now the ball is in our court, church. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church Podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.